1: Today we are talking to May the founder and CEO of Obviously. It's a tech-driven influencer marketing platform that's been around since 2014. And I know that sounds like kind of like a whole bunch of jargon, but trust me, this platform, this business is pretty amazing.
0: On today's episode, we are talking all about building business from the ground up, scaling to 20 employees, building as a woman in the tech space without VC funding, and most definitely and for the most part of this episode, we're talking about influencer marketing and what it's like working in that space as an agency and how you as a influencer can work with an agency like obviously to get started in this space and start making more money. And FYI, I tote Spangirl this
1: entire episode because May is a badass and has done some amazing things. So I asked all the questions and I think you're really going to love this one.
2: Hey, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Well, we are
0: excited to have the founder and CEO of Obviously here and talking all about influencer marketing today. So tell me before we jump too much into it, because typically we've talked with the Influencer themselves working with brands. We've never talked with someone on the agency side. So, talk to me about running an, an agency and what that means
2: to our listeners. Yeah, definitely. So obviously, is an influencer marketing company. We have a platform that makes it really easy for influencers to work with brands and for brands to work with hundreds of influencers at a time. And then we're also a full-service agency on top of that. So influencers know when they work with us, and they get a really great collaboration opportunity with a brand we're going to like make it really easy for them. We're going to make sure they get the product and packages on time. They can email us at any time and, and we respond really quickly we make sure that it's just all in all an awesome experience for both the brand and the influencer.
1: Well, I'm super excited to hear a little bit more about, I mean, a, how your company has grown because some of the stuff that we've we're talking about before like blew my mind and I'm kind of obsessed about it. But really hearing from your side of working with businesses who want to partner with other brands and influencers etc because we've here at TCC like we've only done the work ourselves like dming someone on Instagram and like following someone and trying to build relationships and then maybe trying to reach out and it's it's exhausting and it's a lot of hard work and so I appreciate that someone like you is feeling that need and that hole in in this community because I do think that influencer marketing is kind of like it's shifting and it's growing and it's it's constantly evolving and doing different things for businesses so i appreciate your space here for sure
2: oh awesome yeah i mean i think that you speak to a really good point when we first started working with influencers and really doing it manually without any technology we're like wow this is really time consuming and we don't think that brands or you know brand managers really understand just how time consuming it is to like DM 100 people and then you know Instagram shuts you down so you have to stop it for a few hours and then you now need to like answer a ton more questions and all of a sudden 5 hours of the day have gone by and you haven't secured one influencer yet. So we were we were really kind of going through that process manually when I started the company about 4 years ago and then we're like okay there's got to be a way to streamline this. Yeah, there's like there's a huge opportunity here because brands don't understand how much time this takes um and neither do influencers, but it really works best when you're working with You know, a lot of influencers, but without that piece, it's really hard to scale.
1: So what made you even get into this space? Were you trying to be like work with brands yourself or what kind of started all of this?
2: So I was actually a social media manager at guild.com. And I was, you know, I got to kind of do a lot of really cool things there. Like I taught the CEO and founders how to tweet and how to use Instagram. And then I like, it was really fun. And then I got to work with the mobile team and make sure the mobile app was social in the right ways. And then I started seeing that, you know, a few different people were all of a sudden getting, you know, $60,000 in referral credits on the site. And we're like, what's the deal? Is this fraud and we, we looked and we're like, no, you know, it was just a few really popular, one girl in particular, really popular girl at her, at Southern Methodist University drove like $60,000 in sales. And they're like, okay, like, she was like, you're yeah. like wow, she's that's not fraud. She's an influencer. Like, there's something. She's doing more than
1: our sales team.
2: <laughs> exactly. We're like, there's something. Yeah. No, I was like, can we hire her? This is great. So then I was like, okay, this is awesome. I was doing a lot of consulting on the side for, for people who are starting really cool, interesting companies and a lot of my friends in New York, and I was like, oh, I'll I'll start a social media management company, and I'll kind of take the best parts of my job and consulting, and and just go and do that. And then as I was doing that, I was like, wow, working with influencers is really the thing. Like, it's how you grow your audience the fastest. It's how you really like you know drive traffic to your site, and it's a really untapped opportunity. And so then we were we're doing it manually, and we're like, whoa, you know, our brands want to work with 100, 200, 300 influencers at a time, and I was like, I can't hire enough people or train them, um, and there aren't enough hours in the day. So let's build a, a Tech product that can help us with that. So I brought on my CTO, built out the dev team, and yeah, it's been a it's been a really cool process. was like influence marketing has really taken off in the past four years since we kind of put those uh, wheels into motion.
1: I love you're just like I'm just gonna build this thing. That's fine.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I always really wanted to build something. I mean, even as a kid, I was really into like inventors and like the woman who made like chocolate chip cookie. I was like really into her. (laughs) I was like, yeah, me too. (laughs) right? I know. <laughs> she was just featured in like the New York Times again. I was like... That's awesome. Got, yeah, she got like an obit. Sort of. So tell
0: me, like... How did it evolve? Did it start out as an app or an online platform? Or how were you aggregating the data to even make this possible
2: for connecting the brands with influencers? So yeah, it started really on a manual basis. So we started reaching out to influencers. Um, we built a, a really basic prototype where we were just collecting all the influencer information putting it into a database and then kind of like pinging against that database whenever say a, f- a fashion brand like Uniqlo wanted to work with an influencer who lived in Boston. We're like, okay, cool. We got a list. We can just keep building it that way. And then as we found more and more of a need and we were really listening to what clients wanted and needed on the brand side, we just at- built on more and more functionality. Um, so we actually don't even have an app right now. It's just a mobile website, but even that was done you know, with intention because It's really easy to spend a lot of money on an app that people don't use. Whereas like, you know, mobile websites, everyone likes them. And you don't have to
1: like keep downloading the new version. Absolutely. (laughs) That's awesome. So talk to me about how the French toast, you were able to grow to as big as you are in four years and support as, as many employees as you have, which you can share those numbers because they're outstanding with no other outside investors.
2: Yeah, I mean it's been it's been a really awesome it's been a really awesome ride. It's also it has been a very strategic decision and series of decisions and we really do focus on sustainability. So I think that's just so important. Like, you know, really understanding the fundamental math of, you know, dollars in to dollars out and forecasting out. Exactly math. It's simple math. It's not, you know, I think it's really being confident in those numbers is is so important for us to having like a really healthy company that can grow at the speed that we want to grow. So yeah, we're we're 20 people strong now and we have offices in New York, San Francisco, LA, Paris. We have a Sydney outpost of one awesome woman <laughs> and handles all of our Australian work. So yeah, it's been fantastic. I think one key thing that I've always thought has been so important is listening to what the brands want when it comes to influencer marketing and then selling that to them and understanding like under really understanding pricing too i think for a lot of small businesses people will either come in and be like $3000 is so much money like <laughs> you know like i'll just charge that and you're like actually think about the amount of time you're spending and how much a company is actually willing to pay for those services and calculating out those margins is really important I think you're in a
1: really unique position, especially when you started though, you're working with these bigger brands that have like tens of thousands of dollars as a marketing budget or whatever it might be with not a small influencer because they're working with that person because of their audience and their reach and their engagement. But I think it's such kind of a like, a mind mess of, okay, but what do I charge for something like this when it's this kind of smallish person and this ginormous brand and like meeting in the middle to like serve both of those people? Because a lot of our audience is working with like directly B2B. So it's someone like exactly like them or in an even smaller business than theirs or less profitable or whatever it might be. So we always get hung up on like, okay, not really thinking about what that person's budget is actually and what this can turn around and then lead To them, like as sales and marketing and awareness for their business.
2: Yeah, you know, I think that's a really great point. So, a lot of times, startups, and I was in this bucket for, you know, when I first started the company, they think I'm a startup. Therefore, my intended client is also a startup. Startups have really small budgets. And not only that, usually you're going to be a larger percentage of their overall budget. So, if someone's paying you $3,000, it could be a drop in the bucket to like a medium or large size company. It could be 80% of a, of a startup's budget. So that means it's gonna take you a lot more time and effort to work with them because you need to continually justify why you're taking up 80% of their budget. And so I, I learned that after I, right, when I launched the company, you know, Uniqlo was one of my first brands on board. And that was a pretty sizable contract. And then I had a number of friends startups as well. And I was taking a look at you know time spent on each client. I was like, The small, like these small startups are actually taking up three to four times as much time and and our resources as the very large contracts. And so I think that's really important to think about, too. Like if you have the ability to get larger contracts, I always say like, hey, you know, swing for the fences and try to get those in because the systems are easier as well.
0: Well, it's definitely true across all industries i remember when we were working as a service based business and when we worked with companies that had you know 50 years of experience and they were shipping product all over the country It may have taken longer to work with them just because they don't answer their emails. But generally speaking, they were happier and a lot easier to please than the people that were just starting their business and they had their finger on every single detail. So I relate to that that pain <laughs> if we can call it anything else i'm not sure but
2: right especially when when you know a huge part of what you know why a business works with obviously is that they really want to scale up their influencer marketing so a larger brand you know that brand manager that we're selling to they don't want to be direct messaging you know, 200 people a day. So like we're solving a direct need for that size client. Whereas a small startup might be like, Hey, we're scrappy. I'm cool with direct messaging, like a hundred people a day. And you're like, "Well, we're not okay. We're, we're like a little bit less valuable to you. And so, so I think that's really important.
1: Talk to me a little bit about how the landscape of influencer marketing has
2: shifted over the last four years. So influencer marketing is (laughs) crazy. It's shifted a lot. It's evolving so quickly. And I think that that is one reason why the space is so exciting. I mean, not, not only are you looking at the adoption curve of brands who are just starting to get into influencer marketing, you know, in like like the auto industry, and you know, there there is so many like the insurance industry. There's so many new. Someone in- can send me a car. I'm finally. Exactly. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Um, so I'm trying so hard. So it's like so many new brands are really seeing it as a viable way to conduct marketing. So number one, that's awesome. Also, the platforms are changing so much. You know, so, you know, at the beginning it was a lot of Facebook and Twitter and then Snapchat was sort of in the mix. And now it is just, you know, Instagram is just so huge. And then every time there's an algorithm change, we account for that. Now Instagram stories are so big. And, um, you know, before it was all about the post and the feed. So I think it's really changing a lot. But from the business side of things, it really was all about like the Kim Kardashians of the world about four years ago. I was always having to go into, into brands and say you might think you want to work with Kim Kardashian, you might want to chase after a huge follower count. But here's the reason why you should work with 200 influencers who reach the same number of people in total. And now that's really has been catching on. And so a lot of brands, yeah, yeah, a lot of brands are like, Oh, let's work with micro influencers who speak to my exact audience, as opposed to working with, you know, a celebrity, like a celebrity level influencer. Um, so, So that's been a pretty huge change. Yeah.
1: Well, even I feel like the celebrity influencer marketing has like shifted a lot too, because it's just the same with any other market. People get used to being sold in a like, are you sneaking that in way, which is like what they did for like, I'm just drinking this smart water on my Instagram stories. And it's whatever, right. And so I think people are becoming like, I need you to do more than that. And so what are you seeing that's working for your brands who are the influencers? Like, what are they doing that's different? And well, that's pleasing the bigger brands that they're working with.
2: So I think one huge thing is focusing on testing and learning with a lot of influencers. So say working with 300 micro influencers, then taking the top 25% whose audiences are just all about the product, um, the brand, and also the influencers really excited about that brand too. It's just a real genuine, it's like, it's just very authentic. The influencer is generally like emailing us being like, Oh my God, like what can I do next with these guys? I I love You know, I love this shoe brand. I love this makeup brand. And then continuing to work with them over the long term. So really having them, you know, talk about a brand multiple times over the course of a year, it just comes off as so much more authentic than, you know, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm talking about 12 different shoe brands every month. Like which one is my favorite? Which one do I really like as an influencer? Um, So really, you know, building those real relationships. And another piece of that is just having more and more experiences. So where influencers get to meet with a brand. You know, they get to hang out with the marketing team. They get to form a real relationship. It's not just like, hey, we're going to send you a package. We're never going to talk to you again. We were seeing that a lot about like, you know, a year or two ago. And now it's really like, oh, no, I like, you know, I love this influencer. Let's bring her into the office. Let's get coffee. And yeah, we're always trying to push that. I think that's just crazy. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's what social media was based on, right? It's like why you signed up for Facebook and Instagram in the first place.
0: So how are these micro-influencers as you're referring to them as like, how are
2: they getting involved with your agency or other agencies like yours? So we do a lot of outreach to micro-influencers. Usually a brand will say, hey, we want girls who surf, who live in California. Then we'll go out and find people that we think really fit the bill for that brand. And then we also have a lot of influencers just signing up at obvious.ly and you know joining the platform, telling us what sorts of brands they're interested in, and you know do you have a dog? do you have a kid? Uh, you know are you into sports? you're into arts and crafts uh, just really like letting us know what types of brands that they would be interested in talking to
1: so is it more about getting and there's nothing wrong with it all the free product hashtag give me all the free things or is it a viable stream of income for brands that you're seeing for influencers that you're seeing
2: so yeah that's a that's a great question for a lot of micro influencers we're doing we're giving them a lot of product and giving them really like but really like really great product sometimes they're it's exclusive sometimes it's you know before anyone else even sees it or it's unveiled by the brand or you know giving them a really great experience we had one an influencer couple got to go backstage at the Grammys it was like oh that's so cool you know watching them on Instagram stories, I didn't even get to go. (laughs) And I was like, oh my God, there's, you know, like Bruno Mars just walked by. I know exactly. I was like, this is awesome. So it is a lot of product and experiences. I think we are really seeing when brands want to start working with certain influencers from a content creator standpoint, and not just like, let's get in front of this person's audience, that really shifts the conversation. And we start talking about, you know, how how much money are we bringing in? Because they're really acting as a photographer or a videographer for that brand. And so usually we'll start out with, you know, a product experience and then then really kind of segue into, you know, here are 50 amazing photos this person took for you, for your brand. Let's start talking about like how much, you know, how much we're going to pay them.
1: Yeah. I think really truly seeing them as like a branch of their marketing team of the efforts that they're providing for them. I mean, how cool is that where you're getting like, your in-house marketing team, and then you're getting all of these like tiny grassroots people like doing the ground level work for you. Marketing-wise, I think it's super
2: helpful. I know. And I think, you know... Influencer content is just, it's, it's made by an influencer who, you know, has organically grown an audience, you know, their friends to now a lot of people that they only know through social. So they're doing, they're creating content that is inherently social. And so that just makes it perform better too. like whether it's an ad, whether it's a billboard, like whether it's, you know, another Instagram post in your feed, it's going to jump out and, and get some sort of attention. Um, so brands are finding that, well, this is actually performing really well. Maybe we should put it in an email. You know, maybe we, we should put it in a commercial. So a lot of influencers we work with are, you know, yeah, they're, they're now on a billboard or they're in, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's really pretty cool to, to go and like see a billboard with an influencer you work with being like, did you think you'd be here? No, never. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, I just started an Instagram account and it was really cool.
1: And I took some pictures, yeah. Speaking of Instagram, I think that's the main way that a lot of us are assuming that this influencer content or brand content from influencers is being shared. Stories, Instagram feed. That's like you scroll your feed right now and people that you follow are like tagging a nail polish or a shoe or a vacation place or whatever. But what are other ways that either you're working with people directly to... like? have that influencer effect on other platforms outside of Instagram.
2: Yeah, so we we do a lot on YouTube. We do a lot with actually blogs are making I think a pretty big comeback and comeback? Yeah, a comeback. I know. Don't call it a comeback. But 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 definitely, you know, a lot of brands are really looking for something that isn't just as temporal and, you know, as a, as an Instagram story or an Instagram post. So, we're definitely seeing more blogs, um, YouTube. Actually, Pinterest has been in the conversation more even in the past few weeks you know kind of people looking for an alternative to instagram and facebook and so we're kind of always it's really interesting just to hear both influencers telling us what platforms they're really interested in currently and also brands being like hey yeah like you know could we do something cool you know on- us could we do something cool on youtube and what about podcasts i mean podcasts are podcasts are huge and i think that there's just there's so much value there i mean you just have like Wrapped attention of, uh, of someone and talk about, it's like real, true, like long form, but also so conversational. It's, it's really pretty awesome.
1: Well, so talk to me about, so the influencers that you are seeing come on your, I, I call it an app, but it's not an app, your program, your platform, or that you see shining. What about them is making them be successful? Talk to, I guess talk to our audience about like, how do you know that, your audience is ready, your account is ready, your brand is ready to start in the realm of being an influencer?
2: So I think there are a few key things that make someone a really good candidate for being you know, an influencer and really being a good candidate for a brand to partner with. One is just having a very unique viewpoint and really sharing a story that's really their own and uniquely their own. There are, there are a lot of influencers out there now and a lot of people doing very similar shots So how do you tell your own story and how do you get people to really tune in and say like, oh, hey, like, you know, what's May up to right now? Okay, cool. Like, (laughs) So I think making sure you can kind of infuse your personality into your feed and, and really provide that viewpoint is huge. Also, just aesthetically, understanding, you know, what makes a really good photo, what makes a great video. Uh, you know, on Instagram stories, it can be pretty raw. And that's great, you know, but but you also get a real flavor of like, this is their life. This is how they're filming. It's it's really interesting. And then I think another thing is just uh, having a great sense of who your audience is, is key. So we always talk to brands, and they're like, you know, I want to work with athletes, or I want to work with people whose audience really cares about dogs, or I want to talk to you know people who really care about healthy eating. And so If it's just really apparent from your feed that that's what you care about and that's what your audience really cares about, it's so much easier to pair you up with a brand that's also trying to reach that audience, which is a little bit different than what was happening a year or two ago where it was like, we want your stereotypical fashion influencer. I think now it's, it's it's getting a lot more segmented, and it's not just like, "Hey, here's your general, you know, girl on the street." <laughs> if I see
1: one more girl on the street.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, we our office is in Soho in New York, and it's just so funny because mm-hmm. we'll walk down the street. Influencer, and influencer, influencer, influencer. influencer. Have <laughs> <laughs> you heard? That obviously, sign up to her, Like, this is my company. Like, and they're like, what? <laughs> and there's like five photo shoots going on on like every cobblestone street. That's so funny. Well, so.
1: One of the things I heard you not list was anything about numbers. So talk to me about that because a lot of our audience is like, well, I only have how X amount of followers on Instagram. Is there like a happy medium in regards to followers or does it really not matter if you have a truly engaged
2: audience? So you really need to have, you know, at least a few thousand followers, even if you're going super niche. So I'd say like at least even like, you know, 4,000 followers If you have a very high engagement rate, we can really make the case that like, Hey, you're really, you're really reaching like the right, the right audience. So one example would be, you know, we just did a really cool campaign on 16 different college campuses. And a few of the women we worked with, you know, they had 4,000, 5,000 followers, but they had like 20% engagement and all of their followers were also at their college. So yeah, you know, you put them in a really cool outfit, like, a lot of people that colleges are also going to see it. So like we can really make the case in a lot of situations if your engagement rate is really high. But I'm really seeing the opposite if you're at, you know, kind of the 150,000 mark and your engagement is just, you know, like 0.001%. And then we look at how many fake followers you have. And if that's pretty high, it's not looking as good for you. Which was like, it's just, it's funny because so many people before were like, got to get to a hundred thousand. Like, it's just so important. Or I got to get to a million. And now, you know, the conversation's really shifted to being like, oh, you know, this this woman is amazing. And she has 15,000 followers and she has 4% engagement. And all of her followers live in LA and New York, which is like where we're focused or all of our followers live in Nashville, Tennessee. Like that's where our retail location is located. Let's work with her. So I think brands are just getting a lot smarter too, about who they're working with before it was just like, all I care about is a follower count. I do not care about anything else. And now it's very much it's like a very analytics driven conversation about why you should work with this person over this person.
0: Well, I I appreciate that being the focus because I felt like that's where it should go, but felt like brands were taking their sweet time on making the transition. But I knew I was personally winning when I saw my follower count like skyrocket with like I have a lot of personally on my personal account, have a lot of uh, dogs. That follow me like famous dogs, <laughs> like nice, like I the dog accounts. I, and I was like, yes, like they know that I'm a true beagle mom, and I'm winning at this. Like <laughs> <Yeah>. that's awesome.
2: <laughs> like actual <So>. dogs. <laughs> yeah, no, that's key, you know. And so then we're able to say, you know, hey Chewy.com, like you know, let's work with you. You've got so many followers that are dog accounts. Yep, it's going to convert higher than just a number of. Or f- even mixed in people, exactly, and there is just such an inflation right now with like the very large influencers. I mean, the amount of money some influencers are charging, I think it's, I think it's really going to start stabilizing and coming down soon because it's just like it's not worth it. What are they charging? I mean, several people who are at like you know thirty thousand, forty thousand dollars for a post, a hundred thousand dollars for a post. So you're like, are you going to make that back in sales? Like, I just, you know, you're actually probably reaching. Way fewer people than if you were working with a hundred influencers with like you know three percent engagement who are all the right target demo who and were you know that
1: makes
0: me like one that I can't even
2: understand that I know, I know
0: sorry how many followers do these people have to feel like they could
2: justify that price for one post? I mean several hundred thousand followers to like se- to like a few million. Yeah, it's uh, uh.
1: All I want is a vacation and a mattress. That's all I want. <laughs> we can do that. We can do that. Yeah, no. <laughs> I want to be. <laughs> I want a vacation and a mattress, and maybe some free coffee. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, actually, you know, the hospitality and travel industries were a little bit slow to really kind of get on board with influencer marketing. God knows I tried to pitch them like so many times over the past like, you know, several years. But this year, they've really been like, okay, yeah, it's not just about the follower count. Like, and and they're really starting to see like, oh, let's work with micro influencers, let's give them a free room, let's give them a great experience, and then do that at scale. So so I'm excited. I think we're gonna have a lot more opportunities with with hotels and really cool travel destinations kind of kind of come online really soon.
0: Sign me up. I'm ready. Sign sign me up. I'm here for it. <laughs> Let me get
1: you in on that. Talk to me just very briefly about and if anything has specifically changed about these rules or not, but the how you identify this is a paid ad versus this is my own opinion. Because I remember like in the old blogging days, there was like the blurb you know that a lot of people would put up at the top of their blog when they were doing a sponsored post or whatever. But now that you're doing snapshots on stories that disappear or an Instagram post or whatever, I know that that's changed. So what is appropriate way to tackle that?
2: Yeah. So we are very conservative when it comes to the FTC. Like we are like, let's stay on the good side of this. Let's be really upfront. And I think sometimes people are like, Oh, I don't want to say I'm sponsored. I don't want to say it's an ad, but we kind of flipped that on its head and said like, as an influencer, you should be super proud that this brand wants to work with you. So, like, let's say that you're like a brand partner, let's say that you're sponsored. Let's talk about why you're so excited to work with this brand. And then from the brand's perspective, let's make sure we're giving influencers something to be excited about. Because if you have it be a long-term relationship, then you're really like, oh, cool, I'm a brand partner with Uniqlo. Like they're giving me all these free clothing, like, I'm gonna look awesome when I go to Coachella, I'm gonna look really cool when I'm, you know, at this cool concert in Brooklyn, like whatever it may be. But you can really start to talk about how it's awesome that like you and this brand align so well. And then that just seems genuine and cool rather than like, Oh, you know, May's drinking smart water again. Like she probably doesn't even like it. Like it's a hashtag ad. So I think it's changing that conversation and making people be like, no, it's awesome. Like we're working together. I'm so excited about it. This is for real. I really like them. Then it becomes a really positive thing. Yeah. Yeah. A friend
1: of ours does this really well. Lauren Taylor who I was thinking of. She's partnered with Aerie. And she's been in their ads, like in their actual store, on their feed, like a whole bunch of things because she really, really stands behind the messaging of their brand. And I mean, any chance she gets, she just brags on Aerie and their purpose and what they do and how they're selling and what they offer. And in turn, like she's being an influencer for them and saying how she's partnering with them and everyone's getting paid and people are loving their brand. And it's just this like... <laughs> Beautiful mix of everyone helping each other
2: out. Yeah, I really see that as like a perfect example of just like influencer marketing done so well when it's just like perfectly aligned and you're like, this person loves this brand, this brand loves this person. Like, they're disclosing it to everyone. (laughs) That's great. Exactly. It's not a secret anymore. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Like, the fact that you even bring it up
0: on this podcast, which she's not even on, just like, yeah, It all exactly.
2: makes sense. I do so, really like their, they're like, Hey, we don't, we don't Photoshop. We don't airbrush. You're well, you know?
1: airy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. Well, I'm curious. Yeah. What does your day to day look like? Because to it. me, this sounds like a giant nightmare juggling act. And I like do not. To know me, it sounds you're like
1: you're sliding into everyone's DMS all day, every day. <laughs> that sounds exhausting. <laughs>
0: So what do you actually do? Like, let's get down to that.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, well, the team overall, like they'll work with, we'll sell the brand. I I do a lot of work talking to brands, you know, really educating them on on our approach, um, how we compare to competitors, how we compare in the space, the different strategies you can use when you work with influencers. And then the account team really works with finding the right influencers Getting them organized on the platform. Um, we actually send all the product to influencers. So, like, that's a whole logistics piece that our warehouse takes over for, which is great because so many influencers get like a ton of packages all the time and it's really disorganized and and then something goes missing it's like a horrible experience for both the brand and the influencer so we just kind of take care of that and then we're always looking at reporting and and kind of working with the client and the, the brand client to be like hey here's how we could do this better here's the type of influencers who are really loving what you're doing here are influencers audiences who are just perfect like let's work with more of these people and then personally my day to day now that the company is has grown so much and, and is as big as it is it's just all about prioritization and like i basically have to look at every meeting i have and i'm like do i need to do this or do i just want to be in that meeting you know should i be focused on elsewhere to help grow the company more that's my new mental exercise that i've been trying on for the next last month yeah it's really hard you know it's like i want to be the one to identify the influencer yeah so we're just really focusing on that and making sure you know we're managing our clients the best possible we're finding the best influencers possible and 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 just generally like the team is doing a great job totally
0: well, I feel your I feel your pain as a CEO. Sometimes it's it's hard because you built the thing and you built the baby, and you, you want to have your hand and finger and everything. And letting go of that is is
2: tough. I know. It just my new thing to like keep me from feeling that way is just really focusing on training everyone else. So like, if I overhear, like I sit back in a pitch meeting with a client. I'm like, wow, they're really crushing it. They got all those, like, those are some tricky, tricky questions. They, like, did a great job. And I'm like, okay, A-plus for, for me today. Like, <laughs> I'm not. <I'm>
1: not A-plus <laughs> for me today.
2: <laughs> you need those, like, mental tricks. Otherwise, you, you know.
1: Yeah, no, 100%. You're like, I did really good when I trained that person and they just rocked it. <laughs> just, <laughs> I need, we need to find those opportunities, Abby.
2: <laughs> I'm all about positive reinforcement.
1: <laughs> for yourself. <laughs> I love that. Well, let's go ahead and head into talk strategy to me. And I would love to hear for someone who's, you know, maybe wanting to bring on another stream of revenue through influencer marketing. What are your best tips to have them prep their brand, prep their audience, grow to really... Do well with the brands that, that you're seeing, you know, partner with influencers that are actually being successful out there.
2: So I think, you know, one big thing is focusing on the quality of content, making sure that they're just always choosing, you know, the best photos possible. And part of that is looking at what your audience is really liking and what they're not liking when you are posting and also looking at the timing of what your your posts are. So that's kind of nuts and bolts, but it is it is really important. And then also make sure that you have a real narrative and a real voice and that you're pretty consistent in that. And then really kind of digging into a few verticals, like one or two verticals. Like if you're a beagle mom, just really leaning into that and making sure that you're, you know, following, liking and commenting on like everyone else who's really, really into the space. And that can help you grow much faster. Same too with working with brands that are really aligned with you, getting them to repost and talk more about you is is huge. Or other influencers in the space, you know, getting them to repost and talk about you is, is really big.
1: Yeah, I think I just need to like, because I want Athleta to send me free clothes, because I love them. And they're so expensive. So I think I just need to like lounge in my Athleta all day, every day and just keep tagging them and just being that like, poke, 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 poke. <laughs>
2: i know we actually have a thing in our with our team where any influencer we work with can just like fill out a form being like i'm obsessed with this brand will you please try to make something happen and it works really well if we like we'll name drop the influencer and then be like hey you know why want to take a meeting cool yeah i'm like
1: uh, my head-to-toe athletic gear all day every day but they just don't know about it i'm like a silent fan that just lurks so i need to like Kingdom, them, I think. <laughs> I love that. Well, this was super helpful. Thank you so much for coming on and, and li- literally just like scratching my nosy itch about all things influencer marketing. So why don't you tell everybody where they can see what you've got going on, where they can follow you, hang out with you and, and maybe even work with you.
2: Oh, definitely. So my personal social channels are all at Maywow, M-A-E-W-O-W. And then our website is obviously, obvious.ly. Uh, And yeah, check us out there, drop us a line, follow me, and any any of the above. (laughs) Cool.
1: Yes. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join The Co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless.